Girl, he reads from these journals he kept when he was a principal. Uncut and uncensored, putting all his business in the street. The podcast, bless his heart. The name, Ken Williams. Jeannie has been a gift from God. This AP thing is going to require some learning on my part. I mean, while I had one this year, I wasn't able to use him in the capacity I wanted to. He wasn't coached up instructionally. And frankly, he had real inappropriate friendships on staff and wasn't equipped to render any complex ideas or opinions except for discipline matters. Today, Jeannie took initiative and got the ball rolling with rooms being gutted and moved. She first had a great idea of how things should be done, a strength for her, not for me. And then she called over to the school with instructions, initiative. She also challenged my ideas and opinions respectfully. We get along so well, she's detail-oriented, coachable, and smart. And a really good teacher and respected by staff. She has excellent relational skills. And as Peter Drucker said, there is no success without a successor. I'm completely giddy about the possibilities for next year. And I hope we'll be working with someone who strengthens my shortcomings and we can use our combined strengths for exponential impact through synergy. I've been spoiled by her skills in just the past couple of weeks. up dreading the thought that your teachers have no idea how to ensure equity for every student? Do you stress out at the thought that for years now you've been engaged in PLC light and not PLC right? Do you find yourself frustrated that some of your teachers don't believe all students can learn at high levels? And do you secretly find yourself deeply frustrated and worn down by the excuses offered as to why kids aren't learning? Are you somewhat unsure of what it takes to embed equity on every campus and on every team with every teacher in every classroom? And do issues like equity, racism, and social justice feel like a powder keg set to explode and completely fracture your campus? If so, then you need my new book, Ruthless Equity, Disrupt the Status Quo and Ensure Learning for All Students, and just, I want you to imagine yourself working with supercharged confidence because you have clarity about how to ensure equity for every student. Confidence about leveraging equitable practices that will make student achievement more measurable and predictable. And never again wonder if you make a difference because you now understand you are the difference. If you're looking for a path to equity for every student that matters, and in my mind, 
the only path that matters is the one that moves the needle for student achievement, then you need ruthless equity. And not only do you need ruthless equity, but you want to check out my newest product, the Ruthless Equity Accelerator. Nine videos, plug and play, where I facilitate a book study with your entire staff or with individual teams through the most important aspects of every chapter. There's no prep, there's no pre-work, no preparation at all. And so you as a leader, teacher leader or school leader, get to hit play, pause, and engage with your staff learning together. Nine videos, preloaded, all the materials right there, so that everyone on your staff hears the same language, delivered by the same person. No more train the trainer where you're wondering if it's being re-delivered with fidelity because I'm doing the delivering, baby. I'm doing the delivering. So you should combine both the purchase of Ruthless Equity and the Ruthless Equity Accelerator. Again, nine, vi listen, when I was a principal, if somebody offered me nine videos, that were not only quality, but represented nine potential already planned. Chia Pet, just pour water on it. Just set it and forget it like Ronco. Sessions, nine sessions. I'd kiss that man on the mouth and I'm happily married, baby. I'm happily married. If you want to find out more information, go to RuthlessEquity.com. That's RuthlessEquity.com. Now back to the podcast. All right, baby, let's get into it. So first, the title of this episode, Leadership is Not a Solo Act. So this is my second principalship. And this is more comment about school systems in general across our nation. My first school was in Montgomery County, Maryland, and had 350 students. And so according to their algorithm, I didn't have an assistant principal. And I'm here to say, while I, I think it's an injustice that in many districts, assigning an assistant principal to a school is based on the number of students the school serves. Because while I grant that there is a different level of work, if you've got a thousand students versus 350, the number of responsibilities don't change. And it also underscores what we've been trying to get rid of in education for the last 50 years, and that's teacher isolation. How could you not have leader isolation if there's only one person leading the school? I've maintained that places like Target and Walmart have better leadership structures than schools do. You've got one person in charge of everything Whereas at Walmart and Target, you got a general manager, then you got a shift manager, then you got someone who's like the head cashier, and you don't have that at schools. And so moving to Swint in Atlanta, I had an assistant principal, but as I mentioned in the journal entry, and I'm not trying to disparage the gentleman, he's a really nice guy, but he obviously wasn't coached up in the areas we needed to move our mission forward. It, I believe to an extent it was no fault of his because much of his experience is going to be based on the former principal. And so he did not have any kind of input in terms of instructional leadership. And I also mentioned, you know, 
lots of inappropriate friendships. And I don't mean scandalous inappropriate. I'm talking about um, the type of relationships that got in the way of making really good decisions, right? Because there's that sweet spot when you are a relational leader where you've got to be able to maintain integrity and still make hard decisions when you have to. And he definitely struggled in that area. So this is my first real experience with an assistant principal that I got a chance to really change the narrative of our school. And I was just kidding. I mean, she was just showing her hand early on. I mentioned our complimentary strengths. There's nothing like that, man. There's nothing like that. Like between the two of us, I would say I'm probably the risk taker. Um, I used to describe our relationship as this. I could stand at point A and see point Z in high definition color. I could see it and I'm ready to get after it. Jeannie was great at understanding points B through Y. And she helped me several times to slow down and take a look at some details and take a look at the process and avoid doing things over and over again. And then for my part, I helped her with risk taking, you know, taking a few more risks and putting yourself out there. We made just a great team. I think it's important and uh, I really enjoy reading it in the entry that she, in the first couple of weeks, she was challenging some of my decisions respectfully. And you want that. I do a lot of work across North America and sometimes the assistant principals are, you know, often relegated to uh, discipline duty or like testing coordinator and they don't really get, get involved with instruction and also aren't brought in for, you know, to make daily decisions. In our two years together, every day we met at the end of the day to kind of compare notes. And I used to tell our staff, hey, listen, regarding the two of us, I know some of your personality, you feel more comfortable coming to me. For others of you, you feel more comfortable going to Jeannie. Either is fine. I'm not bothered either way. But just know that regarding issues about our school, not personal issues, but issues about our school, when you're talking to me, it's like talking to her. And when you're talking to her, it's like talking to me. So we're going to, we weren't going to have folks play mommy against daddy and kind of split folks down the middle. And I'm, I'm not going to tell you, I don't recall exactly all I did to create an environment where she felt comfortable in pushing back on some decisions, but I obviously created that space. And it's probably something we talked about early on. And it, it just worked for us. And I tell you, I can't emphasize enough how every school should have an assistant principal. I mean, you can just tell from the energy of that journal entry that like the whole world just opened up. Because only in the movies do you see one person like transforming a school. It just doesn't work that way. And when you've got a partner leader who can do that, it's incredible. Another thing I did with Jeannie was I happened to know that she aspired to the principalship. And so I treated her like a principal in training. You know, there were absolutely a couple of duties that, look, 
I took off my plate and put on her plate because she's the assistant principal. But that wasn't the primary part of her job. You know, I didn't I didn't see her position as one where I would look at my plate and just like scrape stuff off onto her plate and not deal with it. There wasn't much she dealt with that I didn't have a hand in. Now, I will say testing coordinator. She did that. She did that. Other schools had other people in other positions doing that. Uh, that same position at our school, the person wasn't as effective. And I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't have a whole lot to do with that. I gave her the keys to that car and she ran with it. But in terms of like discipline, in terms of uh, uh, instructional practice, uh, instructional leadership, she was 10 toes down involved in that. And I was as well. So there is nothing like having an effective assistant principal. In later years, when I started to do consulting work, one of my colleagues and friends, Brian Butler, renowned principal, he would call his APs principals in training, like co-principals, I'm sorry, co-principals. And I love that even more. And they operated their school, Mason Crest, that way. And that's why they ascended, you know, with, I think, 47 different languages at the school to become nationally recognized, a national PLC school at work. So that is really powerful. I would ask your leaders, how are you treating your principals? How do you regard their role? And for your assistant, for the assistant principals listening to this episode, are you advocating for more responsibility, for more impactful responsibility? Are you treating your position as a principal in training, as a co-principal? It's really important. And again, for as much hell as I caught that first year, I got 30 vacancies, you know, our data still a shit show. And yet the optimism in that one entry, just like two weeks during post planning, she made the kind of impact that I knew we were going to be able to take this thing forward and make some just fantastic cultural changes that would result in high levels of learning for all students, regardless of background. Now, I'm going to put a plug in for my brother and friend, Baruti Kafele. If you are an assistant principal on this call and you're not familiar with his assistant principal virtual academy, get with him. I will include a link to Kafele's virtual assistant principal academy in the podcast notes. And I'm going to leave you with a couple of questions, leaders. Are you maximizing the talents and strengths of your assistant principals? You know, my book, Ruthless Equity, talks a lot about belonging. Belonging begins with identity work, understanding every student's strengths and gifts. And, you know, I'm expanding that work now, and it's applying to staff as well, because teachers have to feel that way. Every staff member has to feel that way. And so do you know the strengths and talents, the gifts of your assistant principals? Do they know yours? I wasn't keenly aware of this work back then as I am now, but I just, it just, it just bore itself out that I got to learn what Jeannie's strengths were, what her shortcomings were, where she was strong. And it happened to be places where I was weak and she knew mine. 
And that caused us to be able to really maximize our collective talent. Are you using your assistant principal or principals to maintain or to move the mission forward? Reflect on these questions, get back to me, go make magic for kids and remember, be ruthless and start with the crown. On the next episode of the Unfolded Soul, bless his heart, leadership podcast. Look, I've already peaked at next week's. I My butt is still burning. 15 years later, I'm still mad because I fell victim to the ultimate leadership sin, passing the trash. You've been listening to the Unfold the Soul, Bless His Heart podcast with Ken Williams. For more information about Ken, visit unfoldthesoul.com.